0: What's shaken Fire Nation JLD here with entrepreneurs on fires June 2020 income report in this past month, Fire Nation, was quite an interesting one. We had a total gross income for June of $171,682. Our total expenses were $39,540 for a total net profit of $132,142 with a percentage of net profit at 77%. So not over the 80% mark where we'd like to be, but pretty darn close. And Fire Nation, today we're going to be talking about the benefits of an S-corporation with our CPA, Josh. We'll also be talking about a big, huge virtual mastermind event that Kate and I were a part of. We'll be talking about the winning choice for the cover of my book that's coming out in the spring of 2021, The Common Path to Uncommon Success, and then we'll share some details on the newest addition to our family. All that and more, Fire Nation, when we get back from thanking our sponsors. Looking for a business coach who has helped thousands of entrepreneurs just like you to increase their profitability by an average of 104% per year, all for less money than it would cost to hire a full-time minimum wage employee? Schedule your free consultation today with Clay Clark at ThriveTimeShow.com slash fire. ThriveTimeShow.com slash fire. All right, Fire Nation, we have quite the income report this month for you. As I shared at the beginning, we have all those teasers that we'll be going over. I share the income at a glance, which we'll be going into detail on in just a bit. But right now, we're going to pass it over to Mr. CPA on fire himself, Josh, for his June tax tip, the potential tax benefits of an S corporation. And Fire Nation, you want to know about these tax benefits.
1: Josh, take it away. So John, we have talked about the potential tax benefits of an S corporation several different times in these reports. And for pretty good reason, because once your profits in that business starts getting in the $50,000 a year or higher range, an S corp can actually save you thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars in taxes. All right, So it can be a potentially huge tax savings if you do it properly. And one of the big keys to doing that properly is paying yourself what the IRS calls a reasonable salary. And unfortunately, that's something that we continue to see a lot of business owners missing, all right? They have the S Corp in place, but they are not paying themselves that reasonable salary. Either they're paying no salary at all, or it's too low, or maybe even too high, and that takes away some of the tax advantages. So this month, we're gonna do a quick refresher on what constitutes a reasonable salary and how to make sure you are doing it properly. And the first and most important thing to understand is that simply writing yourself a check or transferring money from the business to you personally is not paying yourself a salary. All right, So we talk to people all the time. And they're like, oh yeah, I know I pay myself a salary. I write myself a check for $5,000 each month. I'm good. And uh, unfortunately, that's probably not an actual salary. In order for it to count as a salary, you have to be withholding, paying, and filing those payroll taxes, all right? That's the entire reason the IRS wants you paying a salary so that you're paying Social Security and Medicare taxes on that income, all right? So it's not as simple as writing yourself a check. Because this does get so complicated and potentially time consuming, we highly recommend that you use an actual payroll company to do this. And that's true even if you are the only employee in, in the business, even if it's just you, you rate it yourself, you pay yourself one salary at the end of the year, as a lot of business owners do, we still recommend using a payroll company because it can get so complicated and, and you can be bombarded with notices if you do it incorrectly. All right, if you're gonna go that route, uh, Gusto is one we highly recommend. They make it very simple. From there, the question becomes, what exactly is reasonable for you and your business? And the IRS, being the IRS, they are very vague here and we're kind of left to do a little bit of guesswork. But there's one underlying question that can best determine how much to pay yourself how much would you have to pay someone else to replace your role in the business? All right. So John, if if you were going to decide what your salary should be, you would look at it and say, all right, if I wanted someone to come in and and host the podcast in my place, what would I have to pay them to do that? That would pretty much be your answer on what a reasonable salary is for you. All right. But of course, it's not always that simple to figure something like that out. There's many people that serve kind of strange roles as the owners in their business there's not exactly job listings on monster.com for for the role that they, someone would need to fill to replace them all right so again you got to do a little bit of a guesswork if that's the case and you can't come up with an easy answer on, on how much you'd have to pay to replace you here's a few questions you can ask to try and get at that answer Number one, how many hours per week do you work in the business on average, right? The more hours you work, the higher the pay would have to be. Only makes sense, right? If you're going to ask someone else to to work a lot of hours, you have to pay them more. If you're only working five hours a week, the salary can be much lower. Number two, what skills are required in the work you do? So could a high school graduate that's never had any type of job training or skills training or a college education, could they come right in and instantly do what you do without any crazy training. If so, you can probably keep it on the lower end. However, if you have more specific skills, if a higher education is needed, that's when the pay has to start going up. Number three, how much money does the business actually make? All right. And you got to be careful here because the IRS does not want you to make your salary strictly based on a percentage of the profits, All right, But the profits do play a role. If the business is losing money, you probably don't need to pay yourself a salary at all. There's, there's no room to pay yourself a salary. If the business is making a million dollars a year in profits, you're gonna to need to pay yourself a much higher salary than if the business is making a hundred thousand dollars in profit. All right. So I'm not gonna sit there and tell you pay yourself twenty-five percent of whatever your salary is, but just know that those profits do make a difference, all right? You can't make a million dollars a year and pay yourself five thousand dollars a year. It's not gonna make sense. All right. Finally, number four, just use some common sense. And I know I'm, I'm, I'm being vague like the IRS is, but there is a lot of common sense involved. All right, you can't make even $100,000 in the business and then go and pay yourself $5,000 a year and call it reasonable, All right? It has to be in line with these other questions with how many hours you work, what the skills are, how much money the business makes, All right? This is why the IRS wants it to be reasonable, and you got to remember that your goal here is to not raise red flags with the IRS. One of the things they're going to look at is there's a line specifically on your S corporation turn return that says compensation of officers, and that's where it's going to show them what your salary is. All right, if that's way too low, it's going to raise some red flags. That's not what you want to do. All right, so we're officially halfway through 2020. Um, You know, you, you might know it as the longest year in world history. All right. But we're halfway through. And if you're an S corporation and you are not yet paying yourself a reasonable salary, you need to make sure that you get that going in the second half of the year. All right. We see way too many businesses that are S corporations and they're either not paying a salary at all or paying one way too low. If you are doing that, you are putting all those tax savings of the S-Corporation in jeopardy. Okay, so second half of 2020, let's get on that salary. Let's make sure it's reasonable. As always, uh, EO Fire listeners can find me on our website, cpnfire.com, or reach out to me directly, josh at cpnfire.com.
0: Josh, thanks once again for rocking the mic, dropping those tax value bombs. We will catch you next Income Report. And Fire Nation, we're moving on. We're moving on to the common path to un common success and for those of you that are on our email list a couple weeks ago we sent an email out to ask you for your feedback on a book cover design for my upcoming book the common path to uncommon success which is coming out in the spring of 2021 and we thought when we sent this poll out that we knew what was going to be the winner because kate and i frankly we had our favorite And we were a little surprised with the results, but I think this is a great opportunity to talk about the importance of keeping your finger on the pulse of your actual followers, of your audience, of people who are consuming your content. Whenever you assume you're making a big assumption and that assumption could be incorrect. So please keep your finger on the pulse. Please keep asking and engaging and questioning your audience because you might be surprised at what you hear. So Kate, why don't I kind of hand it over to you, give a big hello to Fire Nation, and we'll kind of go back and forth a little bit on this process for finding my book cover.
2: What's up, Fire Nation? So excited to be back on the mic with you again. Wow, yeah, I feel like this has been such a huge lesson for us over the years, and it's come in so many different shapes, forms, sizes, like everything. And uh, just like you said, John, I feel like sometimes we think we can be so sure of something, like yes, this download is definitely going to resonate, or yes, this design is definitely going to resonate, or yes, this podcast episode is exactly what my audience wants, but we have been surprised time and time again and proven wrong time and time again when we turn to you, Fire Nation, and ask for your feedback because at the end of the day, everything that we're doing is to help you, to you know, help you find what that lifestyle and financial freedom looks like for you and how you get there. There. And we have probably like nine times out of 10 that we've reached out and done a poll or a survey or just asked for you to hit reply on an email and provide feedback. Literally, nine times out of 10, the results are not what we had predicted, or like you said, John, not what we had assumed. Making assumptions can get you in trouble or at least cause you to spin your wheels because if you make an assumption and you go off on an entire project based on that assumption, then to find out that it's not what your audience wanted or it wouldn't be what they would have chosen, then that's causing you to have to go start over at square one again. So you can't just guess when it comes to creating products and services or making big decisions about the direction of your content or your design or any of those things. And I actually wanna give another example before we dive into the book cover um, reveal, which I'm so excited about, John. Uh, you actually just turned in your final, or your first draft, is that right?
0: First draft is handed in to HarperCollins and now it's just uh, moving on to the next step, which I think is gonna be a painful one the editing process. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Probably like the most involved and deepest part of the process, but it'll be exciting. I'm really excited to see what they come back with because I know that you have invested a whole lot of time. I mean, you know this information so well inside and out. I'm really excited to uh, see what they come back with. Me too. So that example that I wanted to share, though, for anyone tuning in, if you're you know working on creating something in your business, which hopefully you are... <laughs> (laughs) Then um, I want to give you kind of a behind-the-scenes peek at a poll that we actually ran back in 2014. So Um, We posted in our Podcasters Paradise Facebook group. Podcasters Paradise is our exclusive community where we teach people how to create, grow, and monetize their own podcasts. And we wanted to hear from our members what the number one reason was for them joining because we were redoing the website at the time. We wanted to make sure that our messaging was great. So, I mean, that's a perfect example, right? We want to make sure that the message on our website resonates with our perfect customer, our avatar. And so what we did Instead of guessing what we think would be a perfect message for the website, we wanted to hear from those who had actually taken out their wallets and paid us money. What they said was the number one reason for joining. Because once they give us their feedback and we hear the way that they say it, then that's all information, verbiage, exact words that we can then use. Knowing, you know, if we get twenty of the same responses, like that really tells us a lot about what is so what's most important to people. So in this poll, we put a few of our own options in, which were guesses of what we thought that the answers would be. But then we also left the poll open so that others could create their own answers too. So if you're part of a Facebook group or you run a Facebook group, you'll notice um, when you go to post, if you click on the little three dots, there's an option to run a poll. And then you can put in answers. You can even upload attachments, which is what we did for the book cover as well. We also ran a book cover poll um, that we will get to in just a second. And here's what happened. I actually have a screenshot of the poll from 2014 in this income report. So if you head over to eofire.com forward slash income and the number eight, two, you'll be taken to a rundown of everything we're talking about. Plus you'll get to see this image. So exactly what I posted is hi paradisers. John and I are working on a pretty cool project right now that we're excited to share in one of our upcoming income reports. And we're hoping for your help. What is the number one reason you join Podcasters Paradise? So we were almost positive that the answer was going to be video tutorials. We thought that that was the biggest attractor to people joining Podcasters Paradise. And arguably, for someone who isn't a member yet, uh, we were thinking like, hey, we've got all the video tutorials. Like, this is the reason why you want to join the community. However, to hear directly from our members, word for word said, Joined for the information, thrilled because of the community. So one of our members actually wrote that in and by far like 3x the number of votes of any other of the options, over 140 of our members at the time that I took this screenshot chose that as their answer. So to hear directly from our members how valuable the community aspect That truly helped us when it came to marketing Podcasters Paradise and knowing how critical and how important the community actually was to people. So as you can see from this example, ever since, if you go to podcastersparadise.com, we really focus on the importance and the aspects of the community that are involved with Um, becoming a member in Podcasters Paradise. The fact that we have our private Facebook group that's super engaged and you can ask questions and get feedback. And John and I are in there every single day answering questions and asking questions and being involved. So knowing how important that is, it allowed us to bring that to the forefront, which has been really powerful in our marketing strategy for Podcasters Paradise. And again, the same was true with a book cover for the common path to uncommon success. We thought for sure, as John said earlier, that one particular cover was going to be the clear winner for John and I, it definitely was, but it was a complete opposite. The cover that John and I both thought was like landslide winner got the least amount of votes out of the four covers that we shared. So this is another super powerful example of if we wouldn't have run that poll and we would have just chosen that book cover, I mean, to think that it resonated least of all the options with you, Fire Nation, knowing that now, because we ran the poll, um, I'm just so happy that we decided to do that, John, that you had the idea to put it out in our Facebook group as well. This book cover was the winner in all cases. We ran it to our email list. We ran it inside the private Facebook group. We shared it with a lot of great um, friends and and, um, colleagues in the space. Uh, I feel like this was a clear winner overall. So, so, um, John, what do you like what do you remember thinking like that you were just going to choose a book cover versus running a poll or did you always know that you wanted to do that?
0: I definitely knew I wanted to run a poll because we've learned our lessons over the years, you know, way back to that 2014 poll that you did a great recap on. I knew that, you know, I had a certain image of what I wanted the book cover to be, but I also know I'm not a graphic design artist, I'm not really a creative or artistic person, and I am not the perfect person to buy my book, because I'm not at that place where I need to start the common path to uncommon success. I'm in the place where I can write the book, The Common Path to Uncommon Success, and that is so key, and this is one of the biggest takeaways, Fire Nation, is who's your avatar? Who is your perfect customer? And I know that a good number of people right now in my audience, Fire Nation, a lot of people that are listening to this podcast right now are the perfect avatars for my book, The Common Path, Uncommon Success. So why would I choose a book cover that would jump out to me on a bookshelf when I'm not trying to serve me? I'm not trying to appeal to myself myself. I'm trying to appeal to my avatar, to that perfect reader and consumer of this book that I'm creating, and so that's why for the book title, for the tagline, for the actual artwork on the cover itself, for all of those things, I went to you, Fire Nation, and I asked you what was the best, what do you want to see, and we did it via polls, and it really gives people a great opportunity to really um, have their voices heard. And that's actually another great way to get people involved in a project before it launches because then they feel a part of it. And now I know that when the book goes out, A lot of people are going to be so excited about it because they know that they actually had a part of it, that they either voted for the book cover or the tagline or the actual um, graphic book cover itself as far as what it looks like, and they feel a part of that process and it resonates with them and they're going to be excited because of that, that it's not just something that I went into a dark closet, closed the door for six months and just pecked away in a typewriter and then said, here, you want this. I said, no. No. Like, help me help you. Like, what do you want? What do you need? What is best for you? What's most exciting for you? What's going to make you want to pick this book up and read it? Like, that's my goal. Like, my goal is not to create what I think is the perfect title, tagline, cover. It's to create what you think is a perfect title, tagline, cover, and then, of course, content within the book itself. So that's a huge and important step in the process that we do every single time we come up with a project like this. And you know, going back to what Kate was sharing with the Podcasters Paradise poll, we put you know some very basic things down there when we first started that poll, just video tutorials, resources, templates, and then a lot of people voted on those. And we weren't that surprised when we saw that video tutorials was the early winner because that is what we expected. But then, as Kate mentioned, somebody wrote in, joined for the information, thrilled because of the community. And then at that point going forward, it was like a landslide. Everybody jumped on that. And it was probably even more of a landslide than it actually looks on the screenshot because if people who had voted for the video tutorials or resources had had that option of the join for the information thrilled because of the community, they probably would have chosen that as well. So I mean, that's just an example of why you want to always keep your finger on the pulse with your audience, engage with them, always ask ask, ask. It's such a critical part of the process. So, Kate, we're going to move forward into a virtual event that you and I were a part of. And it's uh, going to be quite fun to kind of relive that because a lot of cool things happen. But before we do, any last things you want to share about this process that we did, the poll, the cover itself? And of course, why don't you share with Fire Nation where they can go to sign up for email updates?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think that's such a beautiful reminder about getting people involved and excited about the project and feeling a part of it. Like that's the whole purpose of a community, right? Is to help people come together who are like-minded, who share the same interests, who have the same goals and to get people involved at such an early stage in something that you're working on can be so incredibly exciting. And like you mentioned, John, like I'm more proud and excited about this book cover, just knowing how excited Fire Nation is about it. And so it works both ways, right? Like we can bring you guys into the project and have you feel a part of it. And at the same time, it makes us even more motivated and more driven to, you know, just have this be the best book. And I know, John, you are pouring your heart and soul into this. Uh, Again, I'm so excited for it to come out. And on that note, another way that we want to have you guys be involved in this project is if you would like to get behind the scenes updates and kind of, we're going to be sending out emails that share like where we're at on the journey, where John's at in the process, the editing process. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of things that happen over the next few weeks with the editing process that, you know, we'd love to share with you guys. So If you want to receive those updates, you can sign up for that email list at eofire.com forward slash success. That's where you can sign up for those updates. We'll be sending those out probably about weekly and, um, you know, whenever we have something cool to share. So it'll be a a great list to be a part of.
0: And Fire Nation, make sure you do head over to eofire.com slash income 82 Income82, because you'll be able to see a big old picture of the winning book cover, and we'd love your feedback and thoughts on that, as always. And as promised, Fination, we're going to talk about the virtual mastermind event that we were a part of. We're going to talk about our income and expenses in detail Plus, in addition to our family, as soon as we get back from thanking our sponsors.
2: What a cliffhanger. Looking
0: for a business coach who has helped thousands of entrepreneurs just like you to increase their profitability by an average of 104% per year, all for less money than it would cost to hire a full-time minimum wage employee? Fire Nation, meet Clay Clark. Clay has been coaching businesses just like yours since 2006. Yep, even through the Great Recession. And he does it for less money than it would cost to hire a full time minimum wage employee. At a time when Inc. magazine reports that by default, 96% of businesses will fail within 10 years, Clay is helping businesses like yours to grow on average by 104% annually. You might be wondering, how's this even possible? Well, Clay only takes on 160 clients, which means he's able to personally design your business plan. Plus, Clay's team helps you execute that plan with access to graphic designers, Google certified search engine optimizers, web developers, online advertising managers, videographers, workflow mappers, and accounting coaches to help you get on top of your numbers. Visit thrivetimeshow.com fire to see thousands of video testimonials from real clients who Clay has helped over the years. Then schedule your free consultation with Clay himself to see how he and his team can help you You Thrive, that's thrivetimeshow.com slash fire. All right, Fire Nation, we're back and it's time to dive into a virtual mastermind event that Kate and I were a part of in June called Legacy Builders. My dear friend, Nick Unsworth, who I've been friends with since 2014, we were neighbors in the same building for a few years, and he's just a great dude all around. He's my fire brother because he is uh, the founder of Life on Fire. We've done a lot of events together in the past. Um, He's a big live event guy, so I've spoken at many, many of his live events over the years, plus my other friend, Brian Delaney, who's his business partner I've become really close with over the past few years. We were all out in Fiji just last year for our Tony Robbins uh, victory celebration for coming in top 10 for the Knowledge Broker Blueprint launch, and that was an absolute blast. And they put together an incredible virtual mastermind event called Legacy Builders, where the keynote speakers were yours truly, Jack Canfield, Billy Jean, Kate Erickson, Jill and Josh Stanton of Screw the 9 to 5. There were a ton of amazing speakers, and this was, this was an event. I mean, this was three days. There was happy hours and hangouts and talks and presentations and little masterminds and breakout sessions. I mean, there was so much awesome stuff going on. It was a blast. Kate, why don't you kind of take it from here, share with us a little bit about the event itself. I'll jump back in and share some stuff too.
2: Yeah, so Legacy Builders Live was actually meant to be our in-person mastermind that we had offered up as a bonus to those who joined Knowledge Broker Blueprint through our affiliate link, and it was supposed to be held in San Diego late May, but of course COVID-19, so we had to kind of rework and reschedule that, but Nick and Brian, like you said, they are just pros at events, live events, and now they can put virtual events um, on that Checklist as well, because they did just such an amazing job. They put together such a unique and exciting and ref- it, it was refreshing. Like, I've attended, of course, over the past few months, like a lot of us have probably attended a lot of virtual events, right? Because anything that we were planning to go to in person has been moved online, perhaps even canceled altogether. But there's certainly an influx of virtual events happening given COVID 19 and everything. So, Most that we've attended have been pre-recorded. They haven't really offered any solid engagement options or opportunities to connect with the other people there, which is like, those are huge reasons why we attend events in the first place. So to me, if you're running a virtual event and you can't get those things as a part of it, it is going to be a drastically decreased experience for those who are attending. And again, I just feel like Nick and Brian did a really great job of differentiating this virtual mastermind um, and just making it really high class. So I wanted to share a few ways that they did that because if anybody tuning in is planning on uh, putting together some type of virtual event yourself, you've had to move like an in-person event online maybe. Um, I have three uh, main ways that I just feel like they really knocked it out of the park. So the first way is that the like John said this was a 3-day event. So it wasn't like, you know, and one afternoon. It was 3 days. So the entire 3 days were 100% live. There were not pre-recorded sessions. There were not like inserts of advertisements or anything like that. Like it was just 100% pure live. And Nick and Brian and their entire teams were literally at their home on their laptop computers being real human beings like there was there really was no fluff to this event at all and that's what i feel just made it very unique and very refreshing because it was just real and i loved that there were no pre-recorded sessions even some of the speakers were like okay well i'm i'm getting ahead of myself my second point <laughs> is that the presentations were raw, like this real life for people. There were some speakers who were presenting from their backyard on their cell phone. There were people in their home office. There was people, you know, kind of on the go and checking in. But the fact that they were showing up and everybody who presented or was a part of like speaking really brought like some incredible value. But they didn't do it like in a three-piece suit on a stage or through like some pre-recorded way And of course, like there's a time and a place for that stuff. Don't get me wrong, but I just really feel like the, um, the community aspect of this and the connection that we were able to build with the attendees over those three days was so heightened because of that, because we were just showing real life. Like this is where this person is right now. This is their circumstance right now. They're showing up, they're giving value and that's, what's important, right? And number three, the engagement and the chat and the Q&A and the breakout rooms that Nick and Brian put together. Oh, my goodness. Like, I think there was over 400 people live at all times. And John, correct me if I'm wrong. Does that sound like an accurate number?
0: Always over 400. There was a couple of times I saw a break 500. It was massive.
2: I think that the actual registration numbers were like around 600. So having four to 500 people on live for the entire three days, like that is mind blowing. That percentage is like pretty unheard of, to be honest. (laughs) Um, And again, the chat was super active the entire time they made plenty of time for Q and A's. So it wasn't a one way thing. And you could see the gallery view. So I mean, you really felt like you were with these people. Like I was, I was literally going through and looking at 400 other people who were tuning in for this, who were asking questions, who were answering questions. Um, They also did the breakout room option and zoom. So uh, 400 people is a lot of people, right? Like how do you have a conducive, like all inclusive conversation but that's what the breakout room option in Zoom allows you to do is they were able to put us into smaller groups throughout the day all across those three days so that we could have those smaller group conversations and really get to connect with other people. So, again, the three things I really feel made this stand out, the entire three days were 100% live The presentations were raw, like real life. This is where I'm at and this is how I'm going to present right now. And number three, the engagement, just like the attention to the chat and the Q&A and doing the breakout rooms in Zoom, just really, they they crushed it. I I loved it. I thought it was such a great event. John, what was kind of your experience as, you know, you were a speaker, but also we were participating, we were attending other sessions. What were your thoughts?
0: I think you nailed it. It was really well done. I think the point that I kind of want to double down on that you shared is those breakout rooms were super cool because when you have four or 500 people on live, I mean, yeah, like you're loving to see all the faces, but at the same time, like you want your voice to be heard and that is important. So they were able to seamlessly use zoom's breakout feature to take the four to 500 people and just automatically put them into rooms of 10 to 20 people so now they're saying okay we're going to put you in a room of, of 10 other people introduce yourselves and share you know your one goal for the next month or your biggest takeaway from the last session or then they always kind of gave a purpose or a reason for everybody in that breakout room, and you know, I was in a couple of those breakout rooms, and just people were just excited to kind of have a little change of pace, to actually hear their voice out, you know, uh, be heard by others, and to be able to engage with uh, others independently and individually, and that was just a really, really cool experience. So to have all of those things that Kate shared, plus you know, really having those breakout rooms where you were able to have a different, more personal experience, just really made for a great event. And so I got to commend Zoom for just allowing. And having that feature, because, you know, I'm sure it's not like behind the scenes, technically the easiest thing to, to do, but they made it happen and it was seamless. And, you know, congrats to, to Nick and his team for actually figuring it out and how to do it effectively. Because, you know, as soon as like the 10 minutes or 15 minute timer, you know, clicked, it was all automatic. Like you were automatically shot into a room and then you were automatically shot back into the main gallery once you were done. So it was a really cool experience overall, it was awesome. Kate, anything you want to add in summation before we move on to uh, the income breakdown?
2: Yeah, actually, now that I'm thinking of it, another just like cool thing that they did. And John, this was the day that you were speaking. So you got to really participate in this. um, They did an 80s theme day. So (laughs) like for that whole day, everybody was like decked out in their 80s gear. They did a contest to like, um, I think they did like 10 winners or something. And, and everybody was getting like these incredible prizes and stuff for like really bringing the heat with their costumes. John, you had a great background, <laughs> um, for your, uh, your virtual background for your presentation was awesome. Um, so that was another fun thing. Like anything that you can do to just add in like that extra little spice, like people really, you know, re- they thought it was like super cool and it was super fun to get dressed up and you got to see everyone again with that gallery view. So. So that was another really cool thing about it too.
0: Yeah, good point. That just kind of made it fun, kind of broke up, you know, the monotony that I'm sure a lot of us were feeling due to COVID and being cooped up in the house and kind of have some fun again and just kind of let our guards down and all of it was really well done. And Fire Nation... Let's talk about June's 2020 income breakdown um, for our product and service side of the game. We brought in $145,000. We did 441 journal sales for the month, which is awesome. That brought in just under $13,000. Um, The Podcast Journal was the big winner for the month with 197 of those sales, so congratulations. Close second with the Freedom Journal, and then the Mastery Journal broke 100 as well, so all three journals had a really strong showing. Paradise brought in... $24,556. $24,556. Um, the big winner for the month, our podcast sponsorships have just been killing it the past few months. We did $108,000 with podcast sponsorships and all things around the podcast. So that was really awesome. Uh, ClickFunnels, we brought in $14,501. Our Knowledge Broker Blueprint payout for the month was 7480 dollars um, and just overall, a very solid month. And for our business expenses, we list them all out in detail. Eofire.com slash income 82. Our advertising was way, 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 way down from the, the Knowledge Broker Blueprint month. Um, but we still had a lot of fulfillment to do. That was over $7,100. Um, legal and professional was $2,200. Um, merchant and bank fees twenty four hundred dollars. So I mean, listen, Fire Nation. When when Big Poppy said more money, more problems. I mean, he wasn't really kidding. I mean, it's just crazy how all of these expenses just keep piling on. As your business and income grows, but nobody's complaining because that's the goal for all of us, fo sho. Recurring subscription-based expenses were over $6,000. You know, a big part of that is we have an SEO and marketing team working with us um, right now, and we're having um, a lot of fun seeing the results of that. And so our net profit was $132,142. Um, for June of 2020 so great month overall 77% net profit margin again we love to get over 80% but I mean anything in that in the number range of 70% plus is, is amazing so definitely cool with that and the teaser of teasers the newest addition to our family Kate titled this section puppy love is the best so Kate take it away
2: Okay. So real quick, I have to, I was laughing on mute because I know that your niece and nephew call your dad Poppy, um, (laughs) as like grandpa. So you said big Poppy (laughs) notorious B I G mo money, mo problem. I
0: can see my father saying that too. He's, he's cool like that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, puppy love is absolutely the best. And I have to admit, I've never been a dog person before. I grew up with cats in my family. Like, I honestly never even lived in a house. Like, I grew up in San Diego, so I never had a backyard. Like, a dog just wasn't going to happen for us. Um, so, but John, you grew up with dogs. You've always been around dogs. And you've asked me a few times over the years if I would ever consider getting a dog. And honestly, for like 75 or 80% of that time, I was a pretty hard no on that. <laughs> Um, But over the years, we've experienced so many incredible things together. We lived in Portland, Maine, near your family. We've lived in San Diego, near my family. We've moved to Puerto Rico, and we've made our home here. We've traveled the world together. I mean, we've just had so many incredible opportunities, not to mention growing this business together over the past eight years. I mean, we're coming up on eight years. That is A long time. Long. The connection that we've been able to build with Fire Nation, I mean, I just feel like I feel so fulfilled. I'm so grateful for the opportunities that we've had to do all of these things. And so the last couple of times, John, that you've brought up uh, interest in getting a dog, my answer has increasingly gotten a little more positive, which with each ask, And, you know, I honestly just started kind of thinking maybe we are ready for a new chapter. Like maybe we are ready for a new responsibility, kind of a change of pace. And so in March, late March, we welcomed the newest member to our family. His name is Gus and he's a golden doodle. He has, we got him at eight weeks and oh my goodness, he is a ball of fur and love and cuddles and uh, a whole lot and biting and and pooping. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. But you know, he's given us like for me, he's given me such an incredible new perspective. Um, just like teaching, uh, teaching me how to embrace new responsibilities. Um, teaching me to appreciate that presence that I talk about a lot, you know, like really trying to be present in every single moment. And, um, there's a lot of times when, you know, John, you and I know have both experienced it over these past, like, gosh, has it already been a couple of months? Yeah. Wow. Time flies. <laughs> um, but, you know, there have been those times when I'm really focused on something and I'm I'm working on something and I, I'm fully in it. And, and for you, too, John, and, you know, Gus needs to go out or he's got like this burst of energy and he needs to play or, you know, I know so many of you tuning in like you've already experienced this in so many different areas of your life, whether you have a puppy yourself, maybe you have kids, perhaps you help take care of a family member. Um, and so I'm, I'm really enjoying that new responsibility. I'm enjoying that new perspective on, um, you know, just being really excited to sit at the pool with Gus and, you know, be patient with him and try and get him to come in the water. We've been trying so hard to get him in the water. (laughs) We've really been working on that a lot. We had a
0: breakthrough yesterday.
2: We did have a breakthrough. So we can carry Gus out into the water and then just like let him go. And he he knows how to swim to the edge and jump out. But little by little, we've gotten him to come onto the first step by himself. And now he loves the first step. Like, in fact, he will find any excuse <laughs> to get out to the backyard to go on that first step. And just yesterday, we brought a stick with us into the water and we've been going out into the middle of the pool while he's on the first step and trying to get him to come swim out to us, which he will not do. He refuses to do it. up to yesterday, when we brought the stick in the pool, he swam out to get the stick. And that was like such a big moment, right? (laughs) Um, So it's just been a really great learning experience for us, a really great experience overall. Um, We've had so much fun together. Of course, we've had a lot of frustrations. For anyone who's ever had a puppy, it is a ton of work. It's so much work. (laughs) Um, But wow, Gus is getting... Super big, he's doubled in size since we got him, and he'll he's a medium-sized golden doodle, so he'll get up around forty five or fifty pounds by the time he's full grown, minimum. so he's still got a little ways to go, yeah, minimum, I don't know. his paws are really big, his paws are big <laughs> John, what's been your experience with Gus? I know this isn't your first puppy, so like my perspective and my experience with all of it is probably a bit different from yours.
0: The time just felt right. I mean, I grew up with dogs. My family always had at least one Springer Spaniel and sometimes two Springer Spaniels at the same time. So dogs have always been a part of my life. And, you know, frankly, Kate and I have just carved out this great um, life down here in Palmas del Mar. You know, we both work from home. Our offices are right next to each other. And I mean, we're home all day, most days, period. Of course, we take these epic long vacations, which is why we've always held off in the past from locking down, a pet of any kind, but at the end of the day, like, I was just like, you know, we're ready for this because, you know, I know that a dog will add so much love and just, um, fun to our lives when it comes to like, I mean, Kate and I have spent more time together by the pool, like in the past month than we probably have in the past four years, just because we're out there like every day with Gus, just like hanging out and, you know, he's just doing his thing. And so we're always out there and it just kind of adds like a new dimension to your life. Cause you know, you realize that, you know, I could just. Stay in my in my office with the door closed and the air conditioning on all day and like pound out work, or you know I could let this new you know bundle of love into my life and you know make room for him and you know have that new experience and that's exactly kind of what it was with Gus and you know at the end of the day too I, I've I've had to kind of. Remind Kate that like hey listen gus like he 's he's our, he's our dog, and we 'd love him, but at, at the end of the day, like you know there are friends that will watch Gus, there are kennels and boarding um, places that we can put him when we want to go on a vacation for a couple of weeks or even a month or longer, and so you know we 're not going to completely rearrange our life and just like become these you know recluses that are just staying home all day uh, all, all year round. But we're instead still going to do our thing. So we're going to Maine for uh, two and a half weeks. We're putting him into a great um, puppy training school here. So for two and a half weeks, he's going to be with other dogs, having a blast, getting trained, um, doing his thing. And this person's actually a dog groomer as well. So he'll be nice and groomed when we pick him up. And then um, the following month, we're going to San Diego for 30 days. And our neighbors down the street have two kids who are starting up this like this little really entrepreneurial dog sitting business, Um, Mason and Sienna Amos. And like they are going to take Gus in for all 30 of those days. They already have a dog. So they're just kind of adding, you know, Gus to that. So they're going to have two dogs now and, you know, they're going to walk them twice a day. They're going to, you know bring him in the pool and he's going to have a blast. You know, he's a dog. Like, is he going to be happy when he sees us again? Of course. But is he going to like be howling at the moon every night? Like wondering where Kate and John are like, no, he's not like, he's fine. He'll be happy. He'll be playing with another dog with kids that love him and he'll be great. So, you know, we just like have really embraced that and we're loving Gus for like the 90% of the days that we're going to be here and for the 10% to 20% of the days that we're going to travel throughout the year, like we got him covered. Like, you know, we put it our work in. We found the right people and places that we know, like, and trust and he's going to be unbelievably happy and, you know, I think he's going to be overall a very positive addition to our life. You know, it's kind of funny because everybody... It's just like every time they come over, and meet him. They say, "Of course, how cute he is because he's adorable." So make sure you head over to eofire. dot com slash income eighty two. We have an amazing picture of him there. That was when he was nine pounds, though. For the record, now he's twenty, and he'll soon be forty, and then he'll soon probably be fifty or, or, or maybe a little bit more. Um, but everybody's just like, "Oh my god!" Like. Puppies are so much work. Like we'll never do a puppy again. And I, I get why they do why they say that because you know, frankly, you know, I might have kind of misremembered the puppy stages a little bit because you know, I was like either you know seven years old or ten years old or fourteen years old when, when we had our "quote unquote" puppies. And of course, you know, my parents were probably priority number one when it came to the people taking care of uh, you know our, our puppy that time. And I was just kind of having more of the good times, you know, as the younger. Child and not like having the full responsibility of like cleaning up all the pee and taking him out every you know two hours and you know I was go I was going to school and I was just coming back and oh there is the little puppy let's play with him so definitely a lot of work definitely a lot of fun Um, you know watching kind of Gus grow and mature in front of our eyes I think is a cool experience and that's why I am personally glad we did the we did it from eight weeks old Um, and and we're going through the puppy stage because I know it's going to go fast anyways and so that's going to kind of be that. Remember when stories that we'll always have. And uh, the best thing I can say about Gus is this this dude sleeps through the night. Like we put him in his crate at 7 p.m. And he and it's in our bedroom, so he knows that we're there. And he is essentially silent. Um, no whimpering. He might, you know, just kind of like get up and kind of like readjust himself or move around. But he's out for essentially 12 hours. And, you know, when we get out of bed at 6 or 7 in the morning... He's there just with all his puppy love and energy, uh, ready to ready to start his day. So it has just uh, been a very solid experience so far, and, uh, and I'm looking forward to more updates going forward. So Kate, why don't you uh, take us home?
2: He's such a champ. I already feel like we're having those moments where we're like, oh, remember when we could just scoop him up with one hand? Yeah. <laughs> he just fit on our arm, and like now I kind of have trouble picking him up. <laughs> oh
1: man, he's so fun. <laughs>
2: But I, I do like I echo your sentiments about like, I I mean, we've put in a lot of time and we invested in a puppy course. Um, I've been listening to a couple of podcasts. We've read a couple of books on training and like, it's a really great feeling to have gone into this, like knowing the responsibility and knowing what's going to be expected of us. And like, I want to invest in Gus because I know that you know, if we can communicate with him and he can communicate with us, like it's just going to be so much better for everyone. So like you said, John, it's been really cool to like watch him go from you know, not really knowing what to do when he needs to go to the bathroom to like now he knows exactly what to do. And, you know, he's been we're working on biting right now. And we actually um, have started a new can and coin trick to let him know that that's not appreciated when he bites us. So um, we're working on that now. And like, I just feel like in stages and in steps, we've like we've really watched him. And he's so smart. He's such a smart dog um so we've been able to like be an active part of like helping train him and make sure that he's comfortable and that we're comfortable and oh man it's just been such a cool experience so lesson learned puppy love is amazing and the responsibility and the um the perspective and the patience and all of that has just been a really cool experience. So definitely check out the pics that we posted on our income report, eofire.com forward slash income eight two. He's the cutest. And uh we also love posting on our Instagram stories with little snippets of Gus. So if you're a dog fan and want to follow along, uh and you're not following us already, at John Lee Dumas and at Kate L Erickson
0: catch you on the flip side fire nation looking for a business coach who has helped thousands of entrepreneurs just like you to increase your profitability by an average of 104 percent per year all for less money than it would cost to hire a full-time minimum wage employee schedule your free consultation today with clay clark at thrivetimeshow.com slash fire thrivetimeshow.com slash fire